Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded June 7, 2022. This is Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we've updated our outlook on the broader U.S. equity market. Three big things you need to know. First, we trimmed our S&P 500 year-end 2022 price target to 4700 from 4860 This was a housekeeping move. We're still baking in a slower economic growth backdrop as opposed to recession. Second, we continue to be more intrigued with growth over value going forward as most of our indicators look better for growth or are fading for value. And third, we recommend removing underweights on small cap and moving back to neutral versus large, as small cap looks intriguing or better on our positioning and sentiment work, valuation analysis, and earnings work. The better risk-reward for small cap is something that reinforces our view that equity markets generally can move higher through year-end. If you'd like to hear more, here's another seven minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that if you found this podcast and our work helpful, we appreciate your support in this year's Institutional Investor All-America Research Survey in the Portfolio Strategy category. Now let's jump into the details. Takeaway number one, we're trimming our S&P 500 year-end 2022 price target to 47.50 from 48.60. That's a cut of about 3%. We've refreshed our models that go into our targeting process and reworked a few. 4,700 is the average and median of the 11 different scenarios we looked at. Our GDP models, which bake in a slowdown in growth but not a recession, point to an annual gain of 4 to 6% in the S&P this year and are the most constructive of our models. Our GDP assumptions are inspired by the views of our in-house economics team and trends in sell-side consensus forecasts for the economy. Our economists see recession is up for debate, but their call is for real U.S. GDP to come in at 2% for the year, and for next year they're pointing us to a mid-1% type number. Sell-side GDP forecasts have shifted lower and are looking for 2.6% this year and 2% for next. All of this tells us to prepare for a return to below-average GDP in 2023, but we think it's premature to bake in recession. Our sentiment models, which bake in typical recoveries in the AAII survey and off growth scare lows, call for the S&P 500 to end this year in the 4,500 to 4,900 range. When net bearishness on the weekly AAII retail investor survey is below 10%, and it's been well below that lately, stocks are usually up more than 9% seven months later, and more than 15% 12 months later. Off-growth scare lows like the ones we saw in 2010, 2011, 2015, 16, and late 2018, recoveries in the S&P tend to be fast and furious with 25% gains seven months down the road and a return to pre-crisis highs within four to five months. Our three cross-asset models, which compare stocks to bonds and focus on things like earnings yields against the 10-year Treasury yield, the dividend yield appeal of stocks versus Treasury, and real yields, all suggest the S&P should end this year in the 4,300 to 4,400 range, a reminder that bond yields are taking a bite out of forward equity returns. Meanwhile, our new valuation test bakes in a 17% contraction in the S&P's forward P.E., similar to what was seen back in 94, 01, and 2020, and more extreme than what was actually seen in 2018 for the full year. That test suggests the S&P should end this year in the 4,200 to 4,300 area based on current earnings growth forecasts on the sell side. We continue to see recession and a broadening out of the Russia-Ukraine war as the big risks to our market call. And as we've discussed before, if the 3850 level in the S&P, which would price in a full growth scare like 2011 or 2018, doesn't end up holding, the S&P could fall to 3200 for a 32% drop from peak, which would essentially bake in the average recession. 
but we don't think recession is a foregone conclusion right now and that it's premature to bake one in. We think the stock market essentially agrees, which is why it didn't fall further in May. If recession can be avoided, stocks have probably seen their lows. There were some initial signs of healing in last week's AAII retail investor sentiment update, and we're also seeing signs of a rebound from institutional investor capitulation in the weekly CFTC data for asset managers. Moving on to takeaway number two, we continue to be more intrigued with growth over value going forward, as most of our indicators look better for growth or are fading for value right now. Growth got hit hit hard in May, but is attempting yet another comeback over the last few weeks. Our work suggests that the reason to like growth far outnumber the reasons to stick with value. Growth has better quality. Growth valuations look reasonable or slightly attractive versus value again. Long-term earnings growth expectations for growth have stabilized versus value, and that's important because that differential tends to track the relative P.E. multiple between the two camps. Our rate strategy team thinks 10-year yields have probably peaked, which removes an impediment for growth leadership since the direction of yields has been driving the growth value trade. We usually see a leadership shift from value back to growth after Fed rate hikes begin, an important milestone that just passed. And growth tends to outperform value when the economic growth backdrop is tracking below average, as consensus economic forecasts expect will be the case in late 2022 and 2023. Admittedly, the earnings backdrop does favor value right now, but this could soon change. Value has only a slight advantage versus growth on the rate of upward revisions, an important gauge of earnings sentiment, and tech, an important growth constituent, is starting to ramp up again. Additionally, value margins tend to display better trends than growth margins when the economy is running above average, but growth margins tend to trend better when GDP is running below average. In other words, that economic growth backdrop is likely to have an impact on the margin differential between growth and value going forward. It's also worth noting that three primary growth sectors, communication services, consumer discretionary, and technology, when you combine them together, their valuations are at historic lows relative to defensive sectors, a bucket of staples, utilities, and healthcare. That extreme that we're seeing in that relative PE between secular growth and defensives is something else that supports the idea of rotation into growth, as well as the idea that the stock market may have bottomed. We recognize our call to go back to growth won't work in the short term if U.S. equities take another leg lower and start to price in a full recession. Hedge fund de-risking, which swept markets in March and April, is usually worse for growth than value. NASDAQ futures position among asset managers also doesn't look too washed out on the CFTC data right now. And while the performance and valuations of popular hedge fund stocks are back to the 2017-2019 range, neither performance nor valuation has quite made it back to the lows of of that era. Let's wrap up with takeaway number three. We recommend removing underweights on small cap and moving back to neutral versus large cap. Small cap has been holding steady relative to large cap for most of 2022. And we think this is deserved as small cap has started to look intriguing or better on our positioning, sentiment, valuation, earnings work. Importantly, small cap futures positioning among asset managers actually fell below financial crisis lows in May, pointing to true capitulation. On valuation, the Russell 2000's weighted median forward P.E. is well below its long-term average and below pandemic lows, while the small large relative P.E. indicator that we run is the cheapest we've seen since the tech bubble. The small cap valuation case is broad-based, and this is important, as every quintile of market cap and almost every small cap sector except consumer staples and utilities looks reasonably valued or undervalued right now. And on earnings, small caps are starting to look a little bit better than large cap on the rate of upward EPS estimate revisions, an important gauge of earnings sentiment.
large cap also seems to be losing its margin advantage versus small cap in the data we've just gotten for the first quarter. Though the risk reward for small cap has clearly improved, we aren't quite ready to shift back to an overweight yet due to ongoing fundamental headwinds for the small cap space. Small cap typically underperforms large cap when ISM manufacturing is falling, when GDP growth is trending below average, and after the Fed starts tightening. Small caps also tend to underperform when high yield spreads are widening. Given that small cap peaked relative to large cap back in early 2021 on performance, it's fair to say that a lot of these fundamental challenges are baked in. But it's also fair to say that positive catalysts for a small cap breakout are tough to identify right now. The most likely one we see at the moment is a pause in Fed hikes this fall or more clarity on the end of the hiking cycle. In a way, recession could be another positive catalyst for the small cap space. Historically, small caps underperform early on in a recession, but outperform in the market rebound on the way out of recession. Interestingly, small caps usually end up outperforming large caps over the course of a recession if you look at the start date of the recession to the end date of the recession as defined by the NBER. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, for additional thoughts on specific sectors from RBC's team of industry analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.